You're listening to the Screaming Pods Network. The No Animals Were Harmed in the Making of This Film disclaimer does not appear in the credits of this movie. Jamie? Yeah. Let's go watch Hot to Trot. Everybody, welcome to another episode of Good Times, <laughs> Great Movies. We are an 80s movie podcast, and every other week we watch a movie from the 80s, and then we talk about that movie. Uh, my name is Doug McCambridge. I'm one of your two hosts, and with me, as always, is Jamie Lorello. Yes. And I know that this was this is like a second birthday for you, isn't it? <laughs> it was. It was pretty. It was a pretty nice treat. I'm not gonna lie. I was excited about it. Um, I didn't remember a lot of it, but I remembered enough. Okay. And right. um, I'd like to think that I'm yeah. actually just choosing certain movies to strike them off of your birthday list to make it tougher <laughs> the next <laughs> end of January when you have to choose a movie. That's all right. I like the challenge. I'm up for oh, it. Uh, yeah, yeah. So um, we watched a movie. Boy, we're just right into it, really. Just. Yeah, but right. I mean, what else do you need to introduce? Do you have any Oh, you know what, other... Jamie? We do because we joined a uh, podcast network. We did. We <laughs> certainly did. Um, <laughs> and people who have been listening to the show for a while know that we actually joined one last spring. That's that's right. But that wasn't great because it was a bunch mm. of podcasts that were very similar to ours, and I don't feel like that makes a good network. And not to crap on this network, but it doesn't exist anymore because it was a bunch of podcasts wow. like us that didn't know what we were doing that just banded together and were like, let's make a network. And it all fell apart relatively quickly. <laughs> but now we've joined a network that is established, uh, has podcasts oh. on that have been around for quite a while. And what they the thought heck? we would be a good addition to their network. And I'm super excited to be part of this network. Me too. And um, and that's it. It's called the Screaming Pods Network. Go to go to their website. They just just look it up, find it. Screaming Pods. It's great. So that's yeah. that's our home now, uh, and hopefully it'll be our home for a long time. Yay! Now let's talk about how to trust. <laughs> I don't even want to <laughs> wait. I don't – there's no reason to wait. There's no reason – You just want to jump right in. To dance around this. All right. Let's not. Let's no, – no cantering here, man. I'll I'll go right for it. So Great. Laying you down said, the lingo that you <laughs> You just, see that I just learned. just learned it 30 seconds ago. Do you believe – because in the beginning of this movie, we get a, a couple of horse facts, oh, right? Um, I think you're using the term <laughs> facts quite loosely. Do you think they're alternative facts or do you think that they're... Well, you know what? I have not picked up my Bible recently. So maybe <laughs> God did create horses first and then at the end of the list or whatever made man or whatever John Candy says at the beginning of this. Um, I'm not going to... You know what? Maybe it is a fact. Who am I? Who am I to well, say? We're, we're led to believe that horses are indeed sort of superior. Right. Before I, I know I said I wanted to jump into this, but there are just a couple things I want to say. I know that you like this movie, or I know that you know this movie and that you watched it a lot as a kid. 
And I have a couple experiences with this movie from when I was a kid. So I just thought I'd throw those out there. Okay. One's an interesting story in that my friend Dale Pellegrino came over. Dale Dale, Uh, Dale P. We rented this movie. Okay. And for a while, my mom was really into making homemade bread. Like, you know, she had the bread maker oh, and you dump all the stuff in. Yeah, yeah. So it we smells were, great. Yeah. Right. So we were eating this homemade bread with like jelly or whatever. And, Delicious. and my sister was there. And this movie must have been so hilarious. <laughs> my sister choked on the bread. Oh, my God. My mom had to, like, give her the Heimlich. My dad's panicking oh, and calling 911. Oh, it got that intense because For of Hockey this Trump. movie. Yes. Do you remember what scene? Do you do you have any? It was very early on in the movie. I don't remember. I didn't even know what was going on until it was all over because she just kind of got up and ran out of the room when it happened. But, yes. So that's oh not – my. It's not a great memory, but, like, I know it was this movie <laughs> this that we were watching. Wow. And the other one – and I don't – I would love to hear from other listeners if they remember this. But in our local newspaper, when this movie was in theaters, yeah, along with the ad – there was a telephone number, just like an 800 number that you could call. To talk to the horse? The horse would tell you a joke. Yes. <laughs> and it was super fun for about 20 minutes once you went through like the five jokes. And yeah, then yeah. they just played again. But that is, again, a, a weird distinct memory that I have of this I movie. don't remember that, but that's amazing. And it makes perfect sense. I mean, Don was crock full of jokes. I'm sure he can have a hotline too. I would love to know your opinion on this. One okay suggestion if we could okay. travel back in time and i could be in i don't know if it's the casting director's office or something when they were putting this movie together mm-hmm. and they had the cast in place mm-hmm. one suggestion i would make why is john candy not the guy and bobcat goldthwait not the horse <laughs> like if you have that crazy ass lunatic voice why is that not the horse's voice and I want to see John Candy ride this horse at the end. It would make it so much funnier. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you had, I don't know. It just seems to me that something happened where maybe that was the initial idea. John Candy was like, "I'm not going to be on screen for this." Movie. <laughs> I, I'm just called. well. I read something about Joan Rivers was supposed to originally. Play. I read that too. Did you? And I that would have been. And then I read that they had rewrote the script because it wasn't going to work, and they gave it when they gave it to John Candy. He didn't even he improvised most of his lines oh um, for the horse so he didn't even go by the new script he was like nah i got this and he sort of which i can sort of see john candy doing and maybe that's why he was like i really want to use my improvising skills um, i would question do you really got this john do you really I, got this <laughs> i wonder i wonder like i tried to remember was bobcat i mean i don't think bobcat goldway was ever like hot Right, he was okay. He, was he should not goofy. anchor a movie. Like he right. should not right. be the lead in your movie. Well, regardless of what it is, to be honest. In, back in the day when I watched it, he was exactly why I was watching the movie. Well, and I, I enjoyed John Candy, but I I loved how goofy. I loved that his name was Bobcat. First of all, but I think he's maybe billed as Bob. Oh, oh no, it's Bob. Yeah. <laughs> it is Bob Goldthwait. <laughs> yeah. It's a little more professional. I don't know why you just um, didn't go with Robert. Like, just just <laughs> go all in. 
as Charlie Sheen was called Charles Sheen for a couple of films <laughs> in the early 2000s. Because, you know, classing it up. It's interesting that he and at the end when we – like was – I also wonder um, – because Gilbert Godfrey has that similar kind of a voice. What? As, so who did they battle it out for the role and Godfrey got the dentist or – I mean, I'm glad. Like I said, I I enjoyed Bob in his role as Fred. Or why um, not just have both of them? Why not have these two comedians with aggravating, bizarre voices <laughs> dueling throughout the – just throw John Candy out. Listen, I love John Candy. He's great. But I don't know. If I could get Gilbert Gottfried as the horse and no, Bobcat Goldthwait. how annoying would like, that be? But how annoying would that be? It's so fun to have, like, the, the horse's personality is totally John Candy. How no, hilarious is it not. when that horse sits? Like, when it sits on the couch? Like, it's... <laughs> That's crazy. That is crazy. But I don't think this horse's personality is John Candy. This horse is depressed. He's sad. He's always lonely. Like, well, yeah. I thought that He's this horse lady. should be, like, a big, fat party animal. Like, just, like, instead of drinking tab, he's drinking beer all the time oh. and having a great time. But he's always depressed and he's lonely. And I'm like, that's Bobcat Goldthwait. Like, that voice lends to depression and sure. anxiety. Sure, sure. I don't know. I don't know. I, I felt like John Candy would be better in a suit, he'd be better I, at that role. I do like what you're saying there. I do like what you're saying there. And it kind of gives him that uh, um, that Chris Farley quality, like yes. where he is yeah. kind of the, you know, the no good, you know, try to be. Right. And I, don't, and I don't want to put words in Virginia Madsen's mouth. But if oh, yeah? <laughs> Bobcat Goldthwait and John Candy are next to each other, I think you might go the route of candy. You think? Gotta, yes. You think? I think. I mean. Bobcat Goldthwait, the normal human being who can talk like a sensible person, he's fine. But this character <laughs> is crazy. He can't even say linguini at one point. <laughs> I don't even know how he ordered that at the restaurant. My linguine is very good. <laughs> I used to, I'm t I think I said this before, I used to repeat several lines from this movie and I tried to mark them. When they came up. Um, I can't wait. <laughs> and I just, it drove my mother absolutely insane for a summer. She was like, you can't ever, you can't watch that movie anymore. I think the movie was banned from me being able to watch it. I can see that. But like I said, there was definitely, as many times as I watched it, there was definitely some things that were hazy. But not not all of it. Not enough. Um, right. Well, I, let's, let's get into it then. Let's go right. through this movie. I am... Uh, there are many questions. Okay. As they come up, we'll we'll cover them. We'll try to get to the bottom of them. I hope you're not eating any fresh bread because uh, I don't want anybody to choke. You're good? <laughs> Listeners, spit out all the bread that you're jamming right. in your face right now. Right, right. Because you just, we don't want to have any, <clears throat> we don't want to relive anything like that. Mm -mm. Well, the movie's clearly about horses because we open up at a horse stable, right? Yeah. Um, and a limousine pulls up uh, to these two rich people um, who we find out are Walter and Cindy. Is Cindy her name? The floozy that he's... Oh, you know who she is? She's uh, Ferris Bueller's mom. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she looked familiar. I had to look it up because I was like, who is this actress? I've seen her before. Yeah. So Dabney Coleman and Ferris Bueller's mom, who is Walter, show up at this this stable to basically go have sex in a horse stall what is <laughs> right? this 
<laughs> See, as a, again, I didn't remember this part because as a kid, I don't think I looked at it like no. that. No, he converted but, part of this barn into like as a, like a sex like a stall. sex room. Yeah, because he's not the only one that uses it. No, later but he on. has like yeah. pictures are hanging on the wall. It's decorated yeah. like a little kid's bedroom, kind of. And it is weird. It is. It must it smell like shit. It must smell terrible. Doesn't she say something about the hay instead of a bed or something? There are bales of hay and he just has a blanket laid down on top of it. But I love how she's like, oh, first in your office and then we go to that hotel and now this? I'm like, you cannot compare this to a hotel. (laughs) It is is weird that his, I guess this room is like right next to Don's stall. So, There's a window where the horse can watch them. <laughs> and he is, because that's what he would do, right? Oh, so P.S., he is, Walter is the stepdad to Fred. And Fred, Fred P. Cheney, his mom just died. So his wife has just, they just left the funeral. And then they came to the stalls to have sex. One and of my favorite parts of this movie is when Bobcat Goldfight forgets his own name. Near the end, oh, when yeah. he's doing that impassioned speech, and he's like, "Freddie, what's my name again?" And I'm like, "Was that Adley? Did he forget the character's name? It's they just very left possible. it in the movie. It's very possible." And they were just like, "We're just gonna go with it. We're tired of shooting this. We're over it." It had to be a lot of work. Like, how trained do you think that horse was? I, well, I wondered how it got its mouth to do certain things and. When it fakes laying on the garage floor. Oh, it- I was kind of sad then because I'm like, I've never seen a horse just laying down like that. I don't think that horse is well. But it's trained, I guess. To the- and then, and then it later gets on with up dad- awkwardly off the yeah. floor. <laughs> and then, yeah, you're right. The dead horse is dying. <laughs> and so that horse is also laying down. I guess you can train a horse to that, but it looked so unnatural. Yeah. But the horse sitting on the couch looked more natural than it lying oh, down in a I parking garage. I love the horse sitting on the couch. I agree. I agree. Fred P. Cheney catches his stepdad having this lewd yeah. affair. I think it's also and important to know that uh, this is yeah. a couple hours before his wife's funeral. This yeah. Is happening. Yeah. And then later on, she's in the house. I'm like, you couldn't just wait until right after the funeral and then just go to the house and have this lady just move in. But I get it. It's a comedy. It's hilarious. They're yeah, he, she kicks her right out of the barn. house. Right. She, yes, the step-girlfriend, I guess you could call her, moves right in and hands him his clothes and his bags. And his mom must have been some sort of broker of some kind. It's know. it's it's just a business. It's a it's a trading. It's a stock, stock marketing business. business. Yeah, and I don't think we're meant to point, understand it. At some point, I guess it. they could just say, you know what, you take half the business and I'll take half, and we'll run this separately. I don't know that you can do that. He was willed half the business and the right. horse from his mom. Yes, and I love the offer that um, Walter makes him. He's like, I'm going to make you with those giant teeth. He's like, I'm going to make you an offer. I want you to consider he writes down a number on a piece of paper. $500 crossed out $525. I, I love that it's crossed <laughs> out too. <laughs> I just want that little touch. <laughs> and yeah, and I think, I mean, the way I saw it, and maybe you didn't see it this way, and I know I, I went on about the casting. Dabney Coleman is 
holding this movie together for dear life throughout it. Anytime he was With on screen, teeth? he was really great. Like, I thought he could have just mailed this in, just been like, I'm Dabney Coleman. I should not be doing this. Sure. But I really felt like he was invested in he was committed giving he was it committed. his all yes. yes i agree to that he did he does a fine job indeed um and he's he's like the bad guy right who's his little partner in crime there that assistant guy he don't know who that guy is yeah <laughs> me yeah. neither did you notice too i don't know if it's bob's or fred's body type or just maybe the clothes he put him in didn't he often look really awkward like in his vest and then he's got some plaid shirt and jeans everything was always tucked in and everything always had buttons and it was always buttoned all the way up to the top button yeah it was weird and even just the patterns he was wearing yeah like he's wearing a red shirt once with like i don't know it looked like a tablecloth or something it didn't look like a well that's when he was at the stable i guess to make him look more like a like a country kid, like a country guy, know. but he just looks awkward in most of the clothes they put him in. It was kind of refreshing to see him in suit. <laughs> like when he was in a suit, I was like, okay, this yeah. looks rational. The jockey now. outfit is my favorite. <laughs> but the jockey outfit, and he gets on that scale and he's 185 <laughs> pounds. I know that's a joke, but I don't think he's that heavy. <laughs> I know the joke is he's the biggest jockey there, but when they're all walking out, I had a hard time. Finding him, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not that much taller. Yeah, I agree. He's, yeah, he's a little guy. Um, Again, put John Candy on that horse. I'd love it. Whole different, whole different it. movie there, but yep. whole different movie. So he, I guess, he never really met Don the horse, even though it's his family horse. Like his dad, kind of rescued this horse. So he finally he goes to the. And what dad doesn't tell? His kid. About the talking, talking horse. Voice. Exactly. Wouldn't that be something you'd expose? Like even in the teen yeah. years when the you don't think your dad's so cool anymore? Or the, did dad die? Did they say when or how the dad died? I don't know that no. they do. I'm pretty sure this this horse killed a hobo, though. I think we, <laughs> wait, I think wait, we know we that. Wait, we have to get into that. Wait, okay. So he, 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 he gets to the stall. He meets uh, Don. And right away, of course, Don is talking and he kind of freaks out about it. I like when he tries to muffle him, he tries to cover his mouth and Don is still talking with a muffled voice. Um, and that's the other puzzling clever. thing about this. This horse has no issue with letting people know he talks. This horse talks to everyone throughout this <laughs> well, and entire it's, sometimes movie. Sometimes you don't know, is this an inner monologue or is this something he's really saying uh, out loud? Right? Yeah, I kind of had, especially <laughs> when he's on the other side of a door, I'm like, is he talking? Like, well, there's some, can everybody yeah. hear him? Right. Or when he's trying to when he's trying to pick up on the other horse and he trots over to it and he's like, Well, hey, so nobody else can hear that this horse is like hitting on this other horse so we can hear that. But yeah, you're right. At times it's they're they're a little um He talks to everyone, which again makes me think like how long has he been in this barn and he didn't talk to that nice Hispanic guy who seemed to be cleaning right? up? Like, why not make friends with that guy? He seemed pretty cool. He does tell uh, his story to Fred of the story of Dom, how he ran away from home and he met with a black blind blues singer named Giddy. I think Giddy was the black blind blues singer's name. I don't know. And I, I like know. in what they're on the train together and Giddy, of course, is singing along with his guitar and uh, Don has a harmonica. Did you notice that? Like, there's a oh, harmonica. Yes. Yep. And you're right that Giddy um, d- 
died when he fell off the train, I guess, because he was dancing too close to the edge of the train. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he always balanced on the edge of the train. He was so skillful, or whatever the horse says. And he's like, and then he fell out once and he right. died. And I'm like, what? And he also says that he tricked this poor blind hobo into thinking he was, he a, was yeah. an Italian guy from the Bronx or something. <laughs> like, why? Why would you yeah. do that? But then there's a scene where the blind guy is petting him and he realizes, like, wait a minute, you're. you're... <laughs> yeah, the guy, like, is petting him and. John Candy in, an, in a terrible Italian accent's like, oh, that's a spicy meatball. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> What was this relationship? Well, that was the, after that. Apparently, he met the dad, right? Frank, Frank uh, Fred's dad. Yeah, they sing some Elvis songs in the car in the trailer. That that now Fred is driving this trailer right. with the horse, and after he got kicked out of the house, like, all he has is this horse and half the company. Right. Well, then the trailer yeah. isn't really like the a traditional horse trailer. The trailer just allows Don to be an actual like passenger in. Right. Van, it looks right? like a hollowed out like camper. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like a, like a tiny Winnebago where the horse is just standing. Like, <laughs> he gets he just, just sort just of hang. has his run of the place. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like that there's definite car scenes with Don because there's later on uh, when Virginia Madsen drives him around in the same uh, van. Uh, so the road trip is to go meet Don's family. Right. Why? Why? Right. The horse didn't say something like, let's go meet my family. Right. Because I didn't know where they were going. I think it's part of like, because he's telling him the story of himself. And part of the story of himself is now you can see where I've come from. And I think what we're meant to believe is in in Fred's mind. Well, that's where I'll bring him back to is his family. Uh, I have a question. Okay. Do these horses own a cabin? <laughs> <laughs> Right? Like, it would appear that a, way. Yes. It's like, <laughs> yeah. it's, like a, it's like a parallel dimension where horses just own homes. They can own property. Yep. They have a little fence with like cabbage growing yep. in it. Like a it's little very sweet. garden. Mm-hmm. She looks like she's got another area. The horse mom looks like she's got her own little kitchen area. Um, the yeah. brother, he's got a brother... Um, Name Lou, <laughs> who appears to be a little slow, just likes to watch the Three Stooges and do a little wah, wah, wah. Three Stooges yeah. outside um. and always talks like Curly. Yeah. And it comes, ew. every time we see this horse, he talks like Curly. It's just a, the joke that won't stop. Oh. But that's all. He doesn't have the gift of gab. Neither does the mom horse. Um, well, he does. He just talks like a character well, from a TV well, show. Yes. Yeah, he can't engage. He's not smart. He's yeah. slow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. At one point, I think they said he's he goes outside to hump a Volvo. <laughs> That's why yes. he's not going to have children. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's why they don't trust him to breed. Um, right, right. The mom does not speak, but she does understand. And the burning question she has is, what is it? Like to face someone during sex because that's something a yeah. horse wants. Is this to a know. kids' movie, Jamie? Because already, like, already watched Dabney Coleman like convert a barn into a sex shack, and now horses and are. Asking. There's a lot of sex jokes. Yeah. There aren't as many horse dick jokes as I thought there uh, would be yeah, in this right, movie. Right. I was so ready for that, but there's just one 
when that weird crazy lady comes up and thinks that he's a statue. Oh, yeah. That, well, that's a whole weird, the anchovy lady. She's like underneath him <laughs> looking up and going, oh, <laughs> this is so realistic, correct yeah. or whatever she says. Yeah. yeah. that Yeah, that was weird. That that whole thing that, was a bizarre. What? Yeah. I don't know why it, we needed that It was that like I all. was in a different movie yeah. for two and a half minutes. Yeah. It's the seventh floor. It's what happened. Oh, Don's dad can talk, too. He's got the... Is it Mickey? Is it the Rockies coach, yeah. Mickey? Yeah, that's what I, I thought. I mean, it's Burgess Meredith just doing... Just doing yeah. his Rocky yeah. bits. Like, there... He gives... All he does is basically give two pep talks in this movie. Well, one is a horse and one is a horse fly. Right. <laughs> that horse fly is scary. <laughs> that was quite terrifying. <laughs> That was interesting. Oh. Um, it looked so gross. <laughs> like, I was just watching this going, ugh. <laughs> but in, in a weird way, it was, like, the puppet was really good. I know that just the head and the mouth moved, but I was kind of impressed with how odd and real. Like, it looked like something out of Labyrinth. Like, that should yeah. have been in Labyrinth. It should not have been in this movie. <laughs> it made it in. It, it did. <laughs> Like, just have a long shot of a fly. We don't need to see its mouth. No, yeah, you didn't need to see the whole animated. No, no you didn't. But you got that pleasure because... We got it. Yeah, because yeah. a conversation with his dad is going to be up close and personal. But that's not till later when he comes back reincarnated. Right. Um. So Fred leaves Don with his parents thinking this is where you wanted to be. And Don is not happy about this. But uh, Fred's got to go to work, basically. he's he... Well, Don, I think it's important to say that Don, the horse, is the one that convinces Fred to keep half Oh, that's the company, true. That's not, true. Not to accept the $525, as I think he was about to do. Well, he doesn't know. I don't think he's very, he himself is very smart. He doesn't know what else to do. He's kind of sad, overwhelmed. Right. So he decides to go back um, and split the company. We're partners, is what he says. If you need me, just give a hoot. That was a bad one. I can't do that one. That one is good. It's okay. It's a, listen, you keep going. Okay, go. You keep going. That's what you had to do. That's why I had to keep doing it all summer long. My mother didn't understand. The more you did it, the better you got. I'm like, if you need me, just give a hoot. Like, cause he's, <laughs> You're like, Mom, I'm just workshopping this. Come on. Jesus Christ, of all the characters. It's a lot like my Sean Connery in High yeah. It didn't work at first, but I kept you at did. it. You did. You were persistent. That's, what, right. that's what's going to take us there. <laughs> we often talk about, or we have in the past, talk about monologues, like going in as an actor or an actress for an audition, right. doing a monologue. I would love... I would love it if somebody came in and did something that Bobcat Goldwyn <laughs> did in this movie. It would be so... Did he have he has, any real long... His eyebrow acting throughout this entire movie <laughs> oh, is insane. Yeah. But every time it happened, I was like, he's just acting opposite horses. Like, he's just... Most of his scenes are just him... With the horse. With an animal. Yeah. Like, that is it. Yeah, it's true. If he's not talking to Dabney Coleman or out to dinner one time with Virginia Madsen. He's just hanging out with horses and animals and 
he has to do what he can to right. make those scenes right. work. Well, it's part of him too as those faces. The like oh yeah, because like it's so great. Because you watch the movie and you're like, oh, it's John Candy interacting with Bobcat Goldthwait, and it doesn't take you long to realize no. This is just some girl off camera reading these lines that he then has to react to in the most bizarre way possible. <laughs> they do split the office. They literally, like, physically oh, yeah, they split put a, they, the conference room. They paint it. Half the table gets painted white while the other half stays brown. Um, he it, gets a receptionist. I wish I knew more about this receptionist. Oh, when she's the one that offers him the sandwiches later? Yeah, sandwiches <laughs> and lets him in the window and, and she comes running in every now and then. Because I thought it was going to be that Virginia Madsen was then his both, receptionist. Right. But she's not. Like, she's still working for Dabney Coleman. Right. And I don't even know if this receptionist has a name. I don't think we ever find out her name. Yeah. No, maybe. No, I don't think so. But he, he gets his own little office area. Um and he kind of doesn't know what to do with himself in, in an, you know. He never knows. He's at work all the time either sleeping or just <laughs> like. Dancing. Especially when Dabney Coleman comes in to talk to him the first day and he's like, Ugh, and he just <laughs> dials a random number on the phone. He's like, I'm really busy right yeah. now. I'm doing a lot of work stuff. And he's like taking a thermos <laughs> and an <laughs> apple out of his lunch bag. And. There are, there are points in this movie where I said the horse is very sad, where Don the horse keeps calling him and is like, when are you coming home? And he's like, I'm, I'm at work really late. But he's just sitting I know, there you don't know in what front of a green on. monitor. Yeah. yeah you- he doesn't. Yeah. It's like how George Costanza works most of the time True. in Seinfeld. Like he doesn't know what he's doing. He just goes in and sits around, right. I think, most of the day. It's funny, too, because when Don asked him to take the day off, he's like, no, I got to get in. And like you said, for, to do what exactly? And he doesn't know what he's doing until Don somehow. So an, another, I guess, some sort of. That's uh, his sleazy buddy. Is that a sleazy that's, buddy? That's like the, yeah, that's like Dabney Coleman's number two. He's oh, okay. using his sex barn. And, and was calling in to someone, right? Tries to call into someone. Yeah. About, right? He makes a phone call about... It's a whole weird, contrived bit of nonsense. Because he leaves the girl that he's having sex with to make this special call. To make a call to talk about... A, a call that he should stock make. stock that they should buy. Yeah. Yeah. But he then doesn't call the guy to buy it. Like, no. it's really strange. It doesn't make any sense, but it's just there so that Don overhears... And then what's even stranger is somehow Don, I guess with his teeth, can dial a phone. Oh, he's he's calling all the time. He's using the phone twice a day in this movie. He's got it down pat. So he calls and kind of gives the hot tip to Fred about this company, this this deal that he should make. And Don doesn't, or Fred doesn't even hesitate. He makes the deal and uh, he's like made the company like. It's awesome. He's just made, I guess, yeah. a shit ton of money for the company. Right. Um, he, he dances on the desk. He throws himself a little party. He's he's super excited. He could buy fancy suits now. And this is one of my favorite parts that I did remember. He can get himself a new apartment. Oh, this <laughs> apartment is pretty amazing. His reaction when he opened the door to the apartment, too, he's blown away. 
This apartment, I guess it comes fully furnished. Yeah. Because there's a grand piano there. Well, she didn't want to not leave the grand piano. She thought it was nice. The the realtor, I guess, that was giving him the tour. The realtor, wait, the realtor puts pianos in these apartments? I, guess. I don't know. Maybe she's them? the apartment manager. I don't know who she is. Okay. All right. It's a very white apartment. Very fancy. Yeah, it's very 80s. It's very clean it's very sleek it's very open it's like any apartment you'd see in wall street right or you know um Aside it does have an it does have an atrium a disco for ferns <laughs> there's a light yeah. that goes on in the atrium and like waterfalls and like rainforest sounds come out yeah and it's but very it's, but weird. it's two disco lights yeah. like the lights are just it's like red and green and blue lights flashing while you hear rainforest sounds yeah. and like a Greek statue vomits water. Yeah, it's a bit jarring. Yeah, water just flying out of that guy's mouth and it is. And is the atrium it's so large that I think it extends out into the hallway? Like it's it's a pretty big atrium, isn't it? Until the animals broke in, I didn't know if you could get in it or not. I wasn't <laughs> sure if that was a door or if it was just a glass front. Uh, I guess I, you could get I, in it because the animals break the statue, don't they? Well, yeah, but I, I think they just busted. Like, I think oh. they just broke through the cl- I don't know. Maybe you can. Yeah, how do you take care of the plants? If yeah, you, you have to. Them? Right. Right. Here's one of the biggest questions I have. The realtor, he says, I'll take it. And the realtor, whoever, just turns around and leaves. Like, yeah, I guess she just hands him the It's keys. his place yeah. immediately. Right. He walks over to the piano. And he plays a couple of keys and is like, oh, 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 oh. and she's outside and seems to be very distressed. By uh-huh, this. Uh-huh. And immediately we hear little Richard singing. Yeah. But then we see him playing the piano and lip syncing. And the realtor seems very surprised. So are we meant to believe that he can play the piano and sing like this? Um. I, she is shocked. Like, she's like, she gets on the elevator and she's like, <gasps> and as the door closes, she's like, it's <laughs> so surprised by all of this. And I was like, is this him singing? Yeah, I think we're meant to believe that he, when he gets so this apartment. It's just one of those weird things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just right. like the horse can talk when he is in the right mood, he is wop, ba, ba, loo, ba, ba, la, bam, boom. Okay. You know what I mean? All right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is. I think it's Great Balls of Fire, this, actually, he does at the piano. No, no, no. No, it's it's Tutti Frutti. And then it's You're Tutti right. Frutti in the car, because he sings again in the car when he's driving. No, they use that song. They use it that twice? Song twice. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they use it twice. I want to know. They paid. The music is crazy. Why are the Beastie Boys in this movie? Yeah, well, when the animals party, I guess that's. And Danny Elfman, it said, did the musical score. <laughs> did you see that? I Yes. <laughs> there. Yes, exactly. And the PC boys thing shocked me because they are like notoriously like they don't put their names on stuff and they don't license their music. But, you know, this is very early on in their musical. I assume assume this is the reason why they don't do that anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what? What are we signing? What happened? What movie is this? I don't care. Give us the check. And then they start like, holy shit. We can't (laughs) do this anymore. We really got to watch what we release our music on to. Right. <laughs> so at this point, he gets his car and everything's going great. He takes that his disgusting long hair and pulls it back into like a corporate ponytail. Yeah, yeah. But I love the scene, and this made me laugh out loud. 
when Virginia Madsen pops into his office and oh. is like, hey, how's it going and everything, <laughs> she leaves uh-huh. as he awkwardly asks her to dinner, this large black maintenance man walks in. <laughs> and I really did laugh at that part. What does he say to him, too? He's like, oh. I don't he know. He's like, oh. And then he takes something. He's like, that's mine. And he just takes whatever he has in his hand. But it, that is funny when he, he accidentally yeah. asks him out. Um, okay, last time we saw Don, well, last time Fred saw Don, he left him at his parents, right? Right. Then somehow Don got back to the stables because he was able to make the call and give the hot tip. And yeah. then Don's just wandering the streets. Just he- wandering <laughs> the streets. <laughs> and he's... It's a weird shot because it's like a low angle <laughs> and you just see like telephone poles and like buildings in the background. Right. I'm like this horse is just walking yep. around the city. <laughs> just just having a moment with his thoughts and himself. And he, he sees a, a news article because I guess in the paper they wrote up a little article about Frank and or Fred and how he uh, he's just made some money for his company. And he's a little bitter because he's the one that gave him the hot tip. So sure. he, this is when Don decides to fake being sick in the, again, somehow he travels to the apartment building that Fred lives in and he's laying on the ground in the apartment building. Um, kind of alarming. Like you said, to see a, oh. the horse laying like that. Can they get to, they get this horse to lie down yeah. in a parking garage behind a dumpster yeah. and nothing about that seems ethical or safe or it, just like everything about this scene felt i just felt sad like i felt so well sad that was good this. because that's how that's how don wants fred to feel you know and what fred you're does. right they yeah. got me the director whatever his name i think his name's dinner <laughs> he got me so they're tugging on your heartstrings so that you want to bring don up to your apartment which which fred does he goes in a padded elevator don's very excited to be on a padded elevator for the first time so for some reason, maybe because he Jamie, had, is that a thing? A padded elevator? I, I can't. I don't think I've ever been in a padded elevator, but maybe that just means I'm not living the good life. I think I think maybe that's what you're missing here. Hmm? Did you ever see an atrium like that in your apartment? Apartment? No, 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 no. Of course not. No, but it literally looked like somebody just put some like mattresses up against the walls. <laughs> of this. Like it looked like it was peeling and falling down. Maybe it's the freight elevator. But Don, Don was excited. He got somehow he fit in the elevator. Gets upstairs. Did you notice that? Um, so Don's tail is all like matted and messed up, and I guess maybe from driving in his convertible. Um, uh-huh. Fred's hair is all crazy and messed up when they go into the apartment. Did you notice that? I noticed it when he was in his car and he pulled up to a guy. Oh yeah, in the same car and he looked over and I was like, he looks crazy. <laughs> I know that's what we're supposed to think, but his ponytail, like his hair's so blown out uh-huh. that there's just like a tiny bit left in that ponytail, yeah, yeah. and the rest is just wild, it's just chaos, just chaos. Um, who's the weird neighbor? He's got this weird nosy neighbor. I don't know. And is that guy wearing a wig? What is up with <laughs> his I don't hair? Know. He's a crazy. Li- and what is he holding? He's holding like this pot with like chicken or corn in it. It looks first. I thought it was like like. Like little like like cadavers, like little tiny like I don't know what they look like something you would dissect. I don't know. But then when you look closer, 
I little cadavers? I did say that. I said, I actually said cadavers. Oh, cadavers. Okay. Well, maybe they were cadavers because I don't know what that is. But... No, I think it was like chicken and corn. He's got this weird oh. pot of stuff that he's carrying with him. Yeah, because um, this guy's like, meh, 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 meh. And he's like, no pets allowed. Meh, meh. And yeah. I don't know. This guy pops back up one other time in this movie. A lot of the people that just. The apartment people. Yeah, yeah. like the apartment people are kind of one and done. And I'm not sad about it. Right. And and he seems, you know, everybody in this apartment, I think, should probably have an issue with this horse if they saw the horse. Right. Except. The cleaning lady doesn't really seem bothered. That well, much. she is at first. She's like, I can't do this. This is a horse. Right. I can't. But she's not. She doesn't freak out the way everybody else does at this <laughs> horse. She's like, I can't do this. This is crazy. Next scene, she's like, Excuse me, Mister Horse. I'm vacuuming <laughs> right now. <laughs> My favorite is when the horse gets a package, but that's later. All right. So they. Um... Yeah, who sent the? to the horse. He orders it himself because he's so Oh, savvy. he did? Uh, yes. Oh, okay. All right. So they, once they're in the apartment, they bond, they drink tab sodas. I like that. I don't know if it's this scene or later on where um, Don has like this super straw that he, he drinks <laughs> yes. out of. Um, but they, 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 this is when he sits all goofy on the couch and they, they talk about embarrassing drunk moments and, and Don's been married before. He talks about his yeah. marriage. <laughs> this horse has led a life. <laughs> they, they watch movies together. They have a great time till, till essentially they pass out. Um, right. and you're right. Don, is always Don's like a like a needy housewife. He wants yeah. Fred uh, to stay. He's home constantly calling him like, "Hey, buddy, what are you doing when, we, when you get home? When are you coming home? I'm really bored here." At one point, he's out on the balcony. He's like, "I'm just gonna jump. I'm just." <laughs> well, gonna that's jump. when he gets the attention of the other animals. So, well, right? So, no, no, no. Exactly. But still, like that is a weird. Like that's a needy. That's an horse. extreme way to go. Yeah, but maybe like again at the. Stall or the barn, wherever he stayed before. Maybe he was a little more free to roam, and now he's in this apartment where he can't really easily get in the elevator and isn't supposed to leave. I guess without. I guess he's I a guess. little more restricted, right? Sure. Yeah, why so, not? but he did somehow hear about the party on the seventh floor, and that's why Elsie's calling Don at work. Like we should hit up that party. And <laughs> when... his plan is we. <laughs> You, yeah. an insane human being, and me, a horse, should you show up to a party on the seventh floor? And it'll go totally smooth. You yeah. just wait uh-huh. and see. I need something to do. And um, I love how Fred's like, Fred just ditches him and goes to this he party just goes. on his own. He's on the elevator. He looks. He's like, yeah, seventh floor. All right. Yeah. It's a weird party. Oh. And as soon as he gets off the elevator, some crazy lady grabs him and is just like, single man. This and lady is like those old Looney Tunes characters where she's yeah. like, oh, man, and just like <laughs> grabs him. She eats anchovies. She <laughs> wanders around with this big bowl of anchovy dip, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. She, yeah, she eats anchovies and then she follows. How does she get? She follows him basically back to his apartment. She walks him back to his apartment. Yeah. Yeah. And forces herself in because he's isn't he's like, no, thanks. I'm good. Yeah. Uh-huh. She comes in and uh, she freaks out because, again, like you said, she's kind of inspecting the horse and thinks that it's um, a statue or a stuffed horse. I don't even know what she thinks because well, it's moving. The yeah. whole, as she is looking at the horse is moving and talking to her. 
Well, when it finally does talk at her, right. she that's when she freaks out and she screams and she leaves. Just right? runs out and we never see this character again. And he's appreciative. Fred's like, thank you so much for helping me with that loony took woman. And he was like, she seemed all right. I mean. I mean, he's know. probably looking at Bobcat Goldthwait and he's like, you know what? You two might make a pretty good couple. Yeah. You know, to be crazy. honest. She's crazy. Just get into eating these sardines. Oh, this is then when um, Don is looking at his teeth in the mirror. I don't know if you remember this. Oh, there no. There had a little I, I... moment where Don is complaining about oh. his teeth. And um, Fred's like, they're fine. Maybe you need to use water pick every now and then. Oh, yeah. okay. I remember that line. But I kind of zoned out, I guess, at this point because – I didn't know he talked about the teeth until he was talking to the the female horse. <laughs> yeah, well then he bring yeah, then he's he's ultra right. yeah. But no, he brings it up once before. Now, um back at the office they don't know I guess Don gives him other tips too, like maybe that wasn't the only one. Because he's yeah. doing really well at work, Fred. Right. right? I would like <laughs> to see other tips that this horse who's not allowed out of this apartment is giving him because I understand the first one he overheard something, but right. He is making more decisions that are making him more successful, but right. we don't really get any insight as to what's no, happening. We don't know what those are. Right. But but Walter is getting more curious, so he sends Virginia Matson's character to sort of be a spy and find out, like, go have dinner with him to find out, like, how's he getting his information? What's his source? Right? Which, again, doesn't come to anything. Like, this type of movie would have a scene where Bobcat Goldthwait, it's like, you were just using me. You were sent to spy on me. You don't really have any feelings for me. You're just Dabney Coleman's lackey. Like, right. that does not happen. Well, she does quit, though, at a certain point when she well, realizes right. yes. that it was... Um, that they set him up later when they lock him in the bathroom. Um, <laughs> that's when she quits. So I like they lock him in the bathroom and they're like, also, I cut the phone lines. And then the phone rings and the horse is on the other yeah! end. <laughs> I thought that was weird. So he's in the bathroom and he can get a call from the horse, but he can't make any calls to get anybody to help him out of the bathroom. <laughs> Because as he's talking to the horse, he's like, you're cutting out. I'm like, what? What is happening? Yeah. They're They're... Like cutting the lines while they're talking, he just in said time he for that. him to know the oats are bad. Just in right. time for him to know the oats are bad. Um, and the diarrhea that horse must have <laughs> in that apartment. This whole movie, like, I had a lot of problems with that. I was like, you can't keep a horse in an apartment; it's just gonna crap everywhere. Well, and he does say something about that, like hey, it's a new apartment. He does walk it like a dog at one oh, point. Oh, yeah. I enjoyed watching that. <laughs> and he tells him he's going to need a bigger pooper scooper. Well, yep. My first concern is uh-huh. um, when Virginia Madsen comes to the apartment, there's Don's behind like some kind of screen, right? They like kind of he, – he's kind of hidden away in the kitchen where she's she's not allowed to go. She doesn't seem – P.S. She also doesn't seem that impressed with his apartment when she's like – he's like, what do you think? She's like, uh, maybe I could see right. the kitchen. Jamie, you know, she just wants a nice down-to-earth guy. You know, she she's is. not impressed with all this. You got you got her number. Her you reaction know. is great because this is the point in the movie where I was like, oh, maybe Virginia Madsen's character is not that smart. Because she hears a sneeze from uh-huh. the other room. And then she hears somebody say, oh, no. And then 
woof, woof. And she goes, oh, you have a dog. <laughs> like, that was a human sneeze. And then the person said, oh, no? And you think that's a dog? She don't know. She, she's overwhelmed. She just saw the atrium for the first yeah. time. It'll it'll overwhelm you. And immediately um, he tells her the truth. He's like, oh, this is my, uh, when they're out to dinner, he's like, oh, uh, yeah, that horse he gives me sock tips. Yeah. He kind of confesses it to her. Um, After and- he can't say Linguini. Marlon Gwyneth is very good. Um, all the time. It's like, you know, it's called linguine. He's like, it just tastes a lot like, like spaghetti. <laughs> good job. You good know, job. I mean, this is, he is, he's probably like three films deep into Police Academy. Mm. He's already through stand up established this character. Like, I remember, and I was probably in my early 30s. Mm-hmm. The first time I ever heard him speak normally. Without that, I know. I and agree. I was shocked. I was like, yeah. what, that isn't? That's-, that's not just his normal voice? I thought he was, yeah. Mm-hmm. After telling her at dinner that he, this horse talks to him, takes her back to the apartment, hoping the horse will talk to her, and he refuses. And yes. now Fred's totally embarrassed, and he looks even crazier. And then you're right. They go back because did they get the call that the dad is dying? Somehow he finds out that his the horse. Sorry, I Don. don't think there's a call or any. Suddenly they're in that car again, and I'm like, where where are they going? Why are yeah? But they're heading there because his dad is dying. His balls are shrinking. His eyes are watering. His memory is going, and his tongue is getting dark. He's dying. Right. That's some of the things he tells him are signs of death. Yes, I I thought it was both. Sad and funny when the mother horse was crying. Like there was a tear (laughs) running down her her horse face. (laughs) And also, did you notice that when the father horse died? When the bucket? The bucket. (laughs) Yeah. The sound of somebody (laughs) kicking a bucket. Yes. Yes, and I loved it. I loved it. Uh, the father's dying wish, though, is that Don uh, have kids because yes, Don should yes. share his his gift of being able to talk and he right. should read and find a nice woman. He's a bum, but he's got a big mouth and he needs to share that. And again, how does that – how is that not how this movie ends? A little tiny – what do you call a baby horse? A foal. A little foal yeah. walks out and is like, hey, dad, or something like that. Like that is a great way to end yeah, this. yeah. Yeah. Oh, you could find a place for Gilbert Godfrey. Maybe he's the voice of the baby horse. Yeah, there you go. I like what you're doing here. I do. I really do. Um, uh, <laughs> frustration. I'm very. Didn't quite go your way. I'm very frustrated by the casting decisions. And the ending. And I, I don't disagree, but. but <laughs> That ending is You're insane. Impassioned. The horse literally goes, ba-dip, ba-dip, ba-dip. that's all, folks. And the movie ends. Well, I think by that time, they're all like, can we just stop this madness? Stop this we train. Just... just end it. Sure, we can add another lovely scene where we have to get a baby horse and have it wander out to this horse. But let's just. Let's just say goodnight. Oh, my God. Could you imagine the end of that movie? That was the case. And then, like, Bobcat Goldthwait and Virginia Madsen get out of the car and, like, a little kid with, like, a terrible mullet gets out. Like, that would be <laughs> such a great ending to That's this what movie. you wanted to see. That's Jeez, what you wanted yeah. to see. Yeah, you didn't get that. You didn't get uh-huh. that. 
Well, we're almost to the, the end, the less enthusiastic ending. So after this advice he gets from his dad about settling down, he does meet a horse that he's va-va-va-voom, that he kind of falls for this uh, satin doll is her name. She is yes. unfortunately owned by um, the step-girlfriend, the right. Walter's girlfriend. Um, did you hear? Uh, uh, did you, the florist shop? Are you going to say that? Oh, uh, no, no, no. I was going to say, when <laughs> okay. they're there, before he meets the girlfriend, did you hear John Candy as the horse mutter the F word? And not fuck, but the homophobic slur? No. <gasps> I did not. Yes, it is really? so weird. Because they're, they're there, and Dabney Coleman is talking about his horse, his horse that is going to be racing. Oh, right. And right. that horse crosses in front of them, and then John Candy mutters it. And it's so weird. Oh. It is really strange. It's not very loud, but it is clearly I there. It. I was like, I oh, didn't you don't it. need Ooh. that in this movie. No, no. Yeah. But you're you're on to something much more fun. So, you know. Well, oh, oh. The, the floral. The florist. Okay. So they ahead, meet. They, they see each other where? At the stall? Is that where he sees her? Or at the horse? Like race at the racetrack. Race yeah. yeah. Horse race place. Yeah. <laughs> He's so smitten with her, uh, Don is, that he decides to call for flowers. Yes. To send her. He calls a florist. He calls the samurai florist shop where an Asian man, hiya, picks up the phone. <laughs> this is ridiculous. It's very goofy. I feel like this was a sketch that John Candy maybe once did, right? With, right, yeah. We'll have to comb through his Saturday Night Live years yeah. to find if there's something like this in there. The Samurai Florist Shop? <laughs> Why would this even be a place? I don't know. I don't know. But he, he tries to buy her flowers that are more edible, but the Samurai tries to give him advice. He's like, are they delicious? Blah, blah, blah. It's just this funny little... Um, again, he tries to convince Fred to stay home. Fred has to go to work. He's bored as all get up, Don, at the house. So this is when he orders a package for himself. The maid answers the door, and these delivery men deliver this giant box. And inside the box is a giant pink blow-up horse. Is it like a sex doll horse? I guess you meant, meant to, to believe. Think. I okay, think you are. Right, okay, I think you right. are. Yeah. Okay. And it's huge. And it just, the box opens and the whole thing blows up huge. It's very weird. Again, it doesn't he, come to anything. We don't no, see it later. It's we don't not even like, see it. The animals like Fred don't gets even home play and he's with like, it. What is it? Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. It just it's just one little. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, he goes on the balcony because he's all sad and lonely, and he sort of wails outside. And apparently, a little uh, French bulldog sees him. Yep. And comes and, and rings the doorbell and kind of wants to hang out. And before we know it, like, where do all these animals come from? There's dogs. There's ducks. There's a pig that comes. There's a... I don't... In an apartment building where there are no pets allowed, yeah. they all have easy access They all The pig floors me. So... Oh, the pig animals. is great. A duck flies in. Like, the duck, yeah. I understand, he flies right in from the balcony. Right, right. Several dogs are there, uh, some cats, and they are partying. Like yes. you said, the Beastie Boys are playing. The animals are breaking things. They're and also, again, this is not John Candy because this horse is so distressed by all of yeah, this. Yeah, he doesn't want them He's to be He's like, no, don't mess. do that. Oh, Fred's not going to like this. Oh, this yeah. is such a bad idea. I'm not having fun. Like, yeah. 
Yeah, he's not into this. He doesn't know how to get these animals under control. When Fred does come home, he's obviously upset because his place has been trashed. Yep. And uh, although he's trying to figure out ways to get animal control, he brought home a giant bag of oats. Yeah, um, just picked him up on his way home. Yeah, they. Then that's what he says too. And uh, I mean, you can't keep feeding that horse just tab all the time. I guess you got to feed him. Cannot some, be good for that horse. Some horse food, some oats. So he is loving the oats. He is so into the yes. oats that he's not even worried anymore about what you know that he might get sent away. And he makes a comment about uh, buying the oats. You're gonna buy stock uh-huh. in these oats. They're so good. All the animals will love them. Mm-hmm. And uh, how about this light bulb thing oh, that happened? Oh. Uh, ten minutes earlier, we heard uh, the sound of a person kicking an actual bucket. Yeah, and now a light bulb just is superimposed over this movie mm-hmm. and screws into Bobcat Goldthwait's head. And lights up. And then lights up. Yes. Yep. yep. It is ridiculous. There are cartoon noises wall to wall throughout this movie. Yeah. Well, the... The car, real heavy cartoon, like Acme cartoon, doesn't happen until when he's kind of scaling the the, the walls of his. Oh, that the, was just boing. Building. Yeah, there were just boing noises yes. all over the place. I'm like, he what spins is spins in the window, and the the pigeon is on his head. Okay, okay. So he um. So the light bulb goes off because the the. the Fred has this great idea that he should buy these oats, buy stock in these oats. They're going to oh, be so great. also, earlier we were talking about different stocks. At yeah. one point, the horse just coffee. tells him, I don't know, buy coffee. Yeah. <laughs> like, coffee. Let's buy all this coffee. And yeah. that works somehow. Yeah. And I don't know if the horse was just saying we're out of coffee or if he was telling him what stocks to buy. But he does. He follows it, the horse. It works. Every, it works. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So he dumps all his money into Everything. this oat company, whatever. And they're all kind of curious about it. Like, what is this thing that he's t- putting all his money in? And um, they get a hot tip that the oats are um, contaminated um, yeah. somehow. Or because they call, somehow. they call a guy in the steam room for some reason. <laughs> That's the guy that was having sex earlier and gave them the first tip. And yeah, I don't know why they call him from this. And he does like a fraternity chant into the phone. <laughs> oh no. I love how the guy's like, hey, I know a guy who we should call about this oats business. <laughs> like, how does he just know an oats guy? And the guy's like, oh, yeah, this company, uh, a lot of animals are dying. They're being poisoned. (laughs) So they get get the hot tip from the guy in the steam room. Right. They know that this is a bad idea. They don't, obviously, let Fred know. Fred, meanwhile, is in the bathroom talking into his tie, preparing his, like, As though it's a microphone, and it is because we hear his voice echoing like a microphone. (laughs) Maybe it's the acoustics in the bathroom. I don't know. Uh, maybe. <laughs> he gets locked in that bathroom by mm-hmm. Walter and Walter's evil sidekick. Yes. They we tell earlier. They tell, there are weird parts of this movie that I think are supposed to be funny but aren't because then a guy goes to use the bathroom. And they're like, oh, this one's oh, yeah. closed. Use this one, which is clearly a lady's bathroom. Yeah. They leave and the guy looks and goes, this one? <laughs> Almost winks at us, the audience, going, yeah. you know, this is the ladies' bathroom, right? Right, right, right. Come on, this is funny. <laughs> but it's not. It just dies. No, no. 
Somehow he climbs out the window of the bathroom. Yeah, that's and how then, he like, sees his escape. Goes around, like traverses the edge of this building, like in yeah. Cat's Eye. Like that's what yeah. I kept thinking about. Because he fights. With oh a yeah, you're and right. Everything. <laughs> it's like Cat's Eye. Yeah. Well, then he yeah he slips, and then the pigeon is messing with his head. And... His receptionist is yelling about sandwiches and stuff. Yeah, yeah. He's at his window, I guess, to his receptionist's office, and he's like, "Let me in, let me in." And she's like, "Do you want it on wheat or rye? I can't hear you." Yeah. And I'm like, "We can hear him. We're looking at this from your perspective in the right. movie, and we can hear him very clearly." And you were asking him, she's like, I brought the tuna fish sandwiches. <laughs> and finally she opens the window and it swings like a revolving door and yep. throws him in in super sped up film. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But he can't sell his stocks in time. No. And loses it all. Like he's Everything. totally broke. And then I love how the very next scene is the entire firm toasting that he's gone. Oh, I know. (laughs) It's every way that works. There's like, Uh yay, that weird creep is out of here. Uh, Yep. But they're all toasting, I think, on their side of the uh, conference table. Um, They hitchhike the pair of the horse because, of course, he's going to lose the apartment. So they go hitchhiking the horse. I don't, yeah. Yeah. And there's no scene where he loses the apartment, where he gets thrown out. Like, there's no... No. Why is there there's no scene? There's a small scene, then, where he, all of a sudden, he lives in a trailer park, right? Oh, that's great. Because <laughs> that felt very natural. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, Bobcat Goldthwait in a trailer park. This should be a movie. Yes. This is why, right. This is where we're talking about, yeah. But but the reason they get him at the trailer park is because Virginia Madsen quits and the horse, oh, right, right. the horse who was picked up while the two were hitchhiking, a mm-hmm. semi stops and picks up the horse and not Bobcat Goldwing. Right. And I guess the horse told the semi to turn around and drive him back to the office because Fresh he's mark. in the parking garage waiting for Virginia Madsen. Right. And he right. talks to her and then the two of them are in that camper and they drive to the trailer park where Bobcat Goldthwait is just making burgers on a grill. Oh, yeah. He offers him a hamburger. He's like, do you want a human burger? Right. And I don't understand that because I'm like, he's not eating horse burgers, is he? Well, but sometimes they put horse in burgers, I guess. Do that, Jamie, do they do that? I think they do. Oh, man. Yeah, watch where you get and your burgers. Also, from. Jamie, this movie made me think, and not to go off on a tangent here, but you are a vegetarian. I am. All it would take for everybody to become a vegetarian is for animals to talk, right? <laughs> right? I think. Like, we could not, you couldn't slaughter a cow if it talked to you. If it was like, you? hey, man, what right. are you trying to do? Yeah. Like, people wouldn't even hunt, right? People wouldn't go out in the woods and if you're about it would to shoot a deer. Yeah. yeah, if you're about to shoot a deer, it's like, hey, how's it going? Like, could yeah. you, you couldn't do that, right? I would. I would hope not. I would hope it doesn't up the ante. Like, oh, I shot the talking deer. I shot the talking deer. And the person would be like, they all talk. All the animals talk now. You can't shoot anything. Not to go off on a tangent, he says. I don't know. Like, I don't don't know. That would be. I think it would be an interesting um, kind of human experiment. Could they? I I would like to believe that people would not eat animals anymore if they spoke. 
Well, Jeffrey Dahmer eats people. So you're saying we're all just <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmers? No. I'm I'd like that. to think that's an <laughs> extenuating circumstance. <laughs> Jamie, your straw man argument isn't working. <laughs> My point was I don't know that everyone would that. Some people might think it would be exotic to eat. Like I said, this I'm eating the talking, you know, salmon. I don't know. Yeah. No, you're right, because it's to be the psychos, like those people that go out yeah. and like, kill giraffes and stuff like that. Like, that's – those people are <laughs> – The psychos. That you know, right? See, but now isn't that unusual that some giraffes – I mean, some giraffes. So some animals. <laughs> sorry. Some animals, even though they don't talk, you think of them as too cute to eat. Like, oh, I agree. you would want to eat a giraffe. Completely. But- yes, that is – I've often talked to you about the fact that I could probably go vegetarian. I don't eat that much meat. I eat a lot of fish. That would be tough. Okay. So I'd be. So you'd be a pescatarian. I don't. I don't know how we pronounce. You'd be into Joe Pesci movies and (laughs) eating fish. That's what that is. All right. I think that's a weird tangent we just went on. But anyway, <laughs> don't eat animals if they talk to you, people. Yeah. It, it, it's just creepy if they're Because if you do, you're basically Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> that's that sidebar in a nutshell. <laughs> right. Oh. <clears throat> All right. So um, where the heck are we in this? Well, uh, sorry. When Don was with Virginia Madsen, he laid out this whole plan that – Oh, to win the race. Right, that he was going to just enter himself as though it's like a sack race at a company picnic where you just like do a sign-up sheet to just like run in a race. You can't, Jamie, you can't just show up (laughs) at a track with a horse and be like, we can race, right? That's cool. (laughs) You can't do that. But the horse's idea is to run in this race, to win it. And then Donald or, or or Fred will have all the money he needs, right? And you know Don will be super famous and and get with this lady horse and and everything will be great. Yeah. No one's considering that Don's not trained and no one. There's no jockey to ride Don. No one's thinking about those logistics. Well, no, they but- they consider it because they say that and, and Don's like, ah, oh, no, 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 just let me take care of that. Don't worry, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, because it's yeah. you know they they got to go follow through. Oh, this is the chicken shit battle. There's so much chicken shit in this scene. It's ever, I think everybody says chicken shit at least once. How do you feel when you're called a chicken shit? Dabney Coleman says it about seven times. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all because of a bet, right? He bets. He's like, well, if I win, what are you going to give me? And And they bet for each other's horses. But Dabney Coleman puts all his horses on right. the line. Right. He's like, you could have all my horses. Right. And I, my favorite part of this movie, and I, again, probably the only, only the second time I laughed out loud in this is when um, Bobcat Goldthwait is like, oh, I don't I don't have anything to put up as a bet. He's like, Dabney Coleman goes, you can bet that turn and points to his horse. <laughs> and Bobcat Goldthwait's reaction is, I, I can't bet my turt, my horse. <laughs> I really did laugh. I thought that was great. It was pretty great, by the way. And you're you're getting better with your bobcat impressions. Yeah, um, this might be the only on chance we get to do this. Show. I know. Yeah. Oh, they have to. 
they have to uh, audition jockeys now. This is a, yeah. a weird yeah, bit of nonsense here. When they go through, um, so they do some jockey interviews. One guy um, <sighs> kind of passes out, right? He's drunk. One guy He's is a drunk. drunk. One guy injects the horses with drugs, with needles. Right. He's yes. like, I'll tell you how I get him to go fast. Yes. The other one, um, oh, another one is Don decides to do the interviews. So they put a bag over Don's face. And, this literally is, I and, wasn't entertained when I watched it, but thinking back on this scene. So they put a bag over Don's mouth, but Fred is trying to do, he's just really moving his lips like saying, while Don's asking real questions. And the guy they're interviewing is kind of insane also. He's and a really psycho. likes to whip the horses. Yeah. And he's aggressive and wants to whip the horses. And Don, feeling brave, is like, oh, yeah, like, I'll whip you. Or, like, is kind of getting mouthy with the guy. And you can see that Fred's like, I mean, I didn't mean that. But he's, he continues to talk as Don as well. And Don, anyway. I just love how he's hung. mouthing this, but not mouthing along with, not even close. Like, he just won't open his mouth and you just hear a voice. And then he's just mouthing nothing uh-huh. half the time. Oh, it was it was pretty funny. It is pretty funny. So they can't find a Jackie because none of these interviews obviously right. went well. Um, and Don's kind of having a little stress, little panic attack about the fact that how is he really going to run this race? Is he cut out to do this? Mm-hmm. And that's when his father comes back to visit him oh. as a reincarnated horsefly. Um, <laughs> it looks like something in Naked Lunch. Like it looks like a yeah. monster, like a weird Cronenberg creation. It it's, is. It's, yeah. it's terrifying. In a movie that should not be as... I, I don't know. It shouldn't be here. I have a problem with this horse fly. You don't, the horse fly. You don't like the horse fly. You don't think it's kind of unique that the dad kind of got his wings and now he's a horse fly? Um, see how that was made Yeah, whatever. Fun. Sure. Okay. Okay. Well, the dad gives him a little moving speech about, you know, you, you have something that they don't have. You have a big mouth and you're going to win because of your mouth. And he does use that advice later on when he's in the race. He does. Um, he kind of hyperventilates. The Virginia Matson's kind of blowing <laughs> into a paper bag <laughs> and telling him to take deep breaths. The horse, mind you. You can see her kind of smiling during the scene. Like, I can only imagine how funny this actually is to her. Like, she couldn't keep it together. Like, she's supposed to be giving this horse a pep talk. And I only imagine, like, there's this hose next to the horse's face that's blowing <laughs> air in on this bag. It's pretty funny because you can see her kind of lose it, like a yeah, bad yeah. SNL sketch at this scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don, or no, uh, Fred decides to be the jockey, right? Yes. And again, like we said, he's not that much taller than the other jockeys, but he's a whole lot heavier than the other yeah, jockeys. Yeah. He's got, he doesn't yeah, know, you know, even in the scenes where it's clearly not him riding this horse and they have a real jockey, of course, you know, somebody who can professionally ride this because it's a long shot. Like the person on it isn't riding like the other jockeys. Their legs are still like flapping out to yeah. the side yeah, as they yeah. ride. It, I thought that that was pretty good to sort of keep this looking as bizarre as possible, even <laughs> when clearly a professional is riding the horse. <laughs> How many horses were there? Were there eight? Nine? Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. And and 
This horse is a plan. The plan is to talk shit to, I guess, all the other horses. Or tell them jokes. <laughs> he wants... He's going to distract them any way he can with his power of voice, Hypnoti- right? Like, how does he hypnotize that horse to go to sleep? He not only hypnotizes the horse, he hypnotizes the jockey, too. They're both asleep. So this is when they're in the start-in gate, right? They're ready yeah. for the race. Um, right before this, uh, Fred mounts the horse backwards and gives some rousing speech about being a wolverine that's going to attack his stepdad or something. I'm a wolverine. I'm going to come back and get you. And you're, I don't know. Yep, this is when he forgets um, his name. It's a, yeah, it's a pretty yeah. great speech. Mm-hmm. It's very inspirational. So then, yeah, he puts, they're in the, they're getting ready for the race. And he does a, you're getting sleepy. Mm-hmm. You're getting, and both the horse and the jockey, like I said, fall asleep. <clears throat> and now as the race begins, yeah, I think he, he gets a couple of guys Well, he to tells go down the from one jokes. horse that immigration yeah. is waiting for him <laughs> at the finish line. <laughs> and the horse just runs away. They the horse run is away, like, yeah. No hablo inglés. And he's like, immigration. And then the horse just takes off. Yeah, they just, they they go away. That's what they all yep. do. Bad jokes, they go away. What's, tells um, a couple of them that the uh, glue factory, oh, people yeah, from the glue factory are waiting at the finish line. It is the unrealistic thing, let's say, okay. <laughs> about this is he has to run well enough to catch these horses to then distract them with bad jokes, which means he's super fast. Like, yeah, he's yeah. really fast. Because he could keep up with them. Yes. Right? It's not yeah. like he just puts all the horses to sleep at the beginning. No. He runs this entire race yep. and has to catch each and every horse. Yeah, he keeps up with enough of them or all of them enough yep. to somehow get each of them to fade out, right? And he does, though, with all of this running, he's starting. it's not easy. And he's starting to lose it. He tells... Fred, like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. It's And Fred starts telling him, you know, think about your family. Yep. You know, do it for them. Finally, what really pushes him over the edge is he says, if we win this race, I'll, we'll, we'll get you some new teeth. You'll have teeth like a TV anchor person. Yep. We'll get them all fixed up. They'll be. And that's that's the final motivation he needs. He does try to kind of do some shit talking to the other lead horse. But the other lead horse isn't having it. He's like, nope, I'm into this race. Yeah. The race is tight. Photo finish, and Don wins literally by his teeth. These teeth in this photo finish are teeth that we have not seen in this movie. Like, these teeth are coming out of his mouth straight at, like, a 90 They're Dabney Coleman's angle. teeth, let's exactly, be honest. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Dabney yeah. Coleman's ridiculous teeth that he cannot <laughs> speak with in his mouth in this movie Mm-hmm. That we did not see on this horse are All the teeth sudden, jutting out that helps him win this race. Yeah, that's true. So he wins. Everyone's pretty much happy. Yeah, Walter's well, like, "Hey, you're not going to make me pay up on that bet." And uh, Bobcat Goldweight, oh yeah, is like, "I think I will." Yeah. Suddenly, Gilbert Gottfried shows up. Yep, and he's inside Dog's oh. mouth. Look at that terrifying shot from inside yeah. the horse's yeah. mouth. With a big old tongue With hanging out. Gilbert Gottfried mm-hmm. yelling at us. Mm-hmm. And then he talks to Gilbert Gottfried. Gilbert Gottfried freaks out. And the end of the movie. Hot to trot. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. 
I gotta say, I knew we were gonna do it at some point. You felt it, yeah. Yeah, I knew. Were you it was glad coming. we did? Were you glad we did? Um, yes and no. Okay. In a way, I'm kind of glad that I saw it. I've been thinking about this movie for a while. Like, it's always <laughs> kind of been there, okay. rattling around in my head as this thing I had seen when I was a kid. And I've heard people talk about how terrible it is. And I I just, I didn't remember a moment of this. I have to tell you, there is no it. line. There's no scene. There's nothing that I remembered about this. It's not good. It is mm. not good. Uh, I would not recommend that people watch this movie. Like, no? if you've no. just listened to us talk about it, you're good. Just, you're good. It's okay. That's enough. If you want to look at pictures of Dabney Coleman's teeth online, you can find them. Maybe yeah. that's what gets you going. I didn't like it, no. No. What about you? You didn't like it. Well, I I thought it was fun to watch again, having enjoyed it so much as for a summer of my youth. Um, uh, I I enjoyed watching it again. I don't know that I need to watch it again. Okay. But um, <laughs> I liked it. You don't think so? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I, liked, I liked watching it again. But I don't know. With that, I don't know that I would recommend it or watch it again. But I enjoyed it. All right. I hope that makes sense. Well, then um, let me ask you this follow-up question. Sure. What would you recommend? Uh, I was trying to think of a movie where uh, somebody has, like, a relationship with an inanimate object of some kind. Um, or, or something imaginary. And a movie that I loved, loved. I know what you're going to say. You do, don't you? Yeah. Go ahead. Drop Dead Fred. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that movie. I really like Phoebe Cates. Is that really from um, the 90s? 91. Yeah. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. So there's yeah. no chance of us doing that. No, what that's What about why. Princess Caribou? What year I, is that? I from? think that's 80s. I think it does make it into our... All right. So that's yeah, still there with... about it. That's still with Natty Gann as your possible yeah. Yeah. like birthday treats. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Great. And you, what's your recommendation? My movie recommendation is a movie from 2012 directed by Mr. Bob Goldthwaite. Oh. And it's called God Bless America. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a movie. Have you seen it? No, I've heard of it, though. Oh, okay. Uh, so it's about a man, uh, Joel Murray, one of the lesser known Murray brothers. <laughs> he learns that he's dying and he, he decides to go... And sort of kill people that are deserving of that. Mm -hmm. Um, Like reality TV stars and just rude people in general. Uh, And he sort of teams up with this high school girl who falls in with him kind of by accident. But she's like totally into this. And so he decides to go kill people um, as, you know, as he himself dies. It's super fun. It's super crazy. Like it's. It, the opening scene, I'll just describe the opening scene. So if this is yeah. something that you're not into, you don't even bother checking it out. But he's in his apartment. He's so angry because his neighbors are so loud. They have like – it's a it's a husband and a wife and their kid and they're just – the kid's crying and they're fighting. And right. he has this fantasy where he walks in with a shotgun and he kills the two parents, picks up the baby, throws it in the oh air. My. And, and shoots then it in the air? Shoots the baby. Like a little and, duck. And confetti rains down on oh, him. Goodness. So if that sounds like something that's fun, then go check for it. it out. Um, but it's really good. And and Mr. Robert Goldthwaite has made great movies. He's made he made a movie called Shakes the Clown, which is great too. So 
maybe not the best actor, but uh, his you know second coming or <laughs> second birth in Hollywood is pretty good. It's well worth it. All right. Yeah. All yeah. right. Well, there you have it. All, All right, Jamie. Here we go. Two weeks. Two weeks from today, everybody. Um, if people don't know, we do have a Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash movies. So if you're just hearing this for the first time because you uh, subscribe to Screaming Pods Network and we just showed up in your feed and right. you decide to give us a chance, I'm sure you're just eager to run out and give us money. But on there, we have a tier where people can recommend movies to us. That's correct. And force us to watch movies. Yeah, yeah, they so do. We're gonna do one of those movies next time. Okay. Uh, this movie was recommended to us by Michelle, and it is called Midnight Madness from no. 1980. This is a movie that I've heard about for a while, and I've always heard like it's so crazy, it's so stupid, it's so fun. You need to see it. I've never seen it, and I have to tell you, the other patron we have at that same level, we did Cobra uh, for Zeke a while right. back. Right. This was going to be his choice for this year. Oh, this is like a win-win for Zeke <laughs> yes, then. It's like, it's crazy because I literally got this from Michelle. She's like, I finally decided what I want to do. I want to do Midnight yeah. Madness. And it wasn't a few days later before Zeke reached out and he's like, I know it's early, but I'd like to lock this in for it. And I was like, dude, well, someone already picked this. Yeah. So that the fact that two people wanted this so badly I'm very excited to watch this. I I don't know it, so I'm excited. I don't really know what it's about. It seems like a mm. like a mad, 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 mad world sort of thing where people okay. are competing and racing to get something, to go somewhere, to do something. It's a competition. Well, it's not racing like Tron racing, is it? Uh, as far as I know, it is not. <laughs> okay, good. There are very few things like Tron. I think there's okay. Tron... And then Tron Legacy. And I think okay. that's it. Gotcha. So okay. you don't have to be... Just check it. I mean, I'm not saying you shouldn't be frightened. But it's not <laughs> Tron frightening. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Well, here, there we go. That's what's coming. That's what's coming in two weeks. <laughs> Everybody, find Midnight Madness wherever you would find a movie from wherever 1980. Watch it. Tune in in two weeks. And, um, I don't know, find us on Facebook, Twitter. We're at GTGMCast. And uh, that's it. That's all we got, right? Yeah. Anything I, else? Well, you know what we didn't mention? Oh, go this? ahead. Yes. We didn't say why. I think we said it at the end of our last recording, but we didn't say why we chose Hot to Trot. What? Why we we doing it? Why if we're doing you it. are right, because if you are listening to this on the day of its release, yeah. it is the anniversary of the sad, tragic passing of John Candy. I know. Boy, you just really wanted to, you were like, hey, let's bum them all I out. I just the wanted end. to okay. make sure that we made note of that because we didn't recommend, neither one of us had John Candy recommendations. Um, you would have rather seen John Candy um, as the human. Kind of be the leading human man yes. and not the leading horse. So uh, even though this was an homage to John Candy, we really, um, you know, we didn't kind of give him his moment to be John Candy. Yeah. Wouldn't you like to see John Candy try and traverse the outside of a building? I told you. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Well, you do see him do that in Who's Harry Crumb? Another favorite movie of mine of John Candy. There All you right, have we'll it. We'll see you in two weeks. Bye. Goodbye. I'm going to say. Hold on. I'm going to say it like this. Goodbye, everybody. Have yourself a great night.
Met my horse. I can't even picture her. I don't know. Oh, you weren't a Designing Women fan as I, I was. not. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I mean, I know I could picture her in... in um, Who's Harry Crumb? Who's Harry Crumb, but not <laughs> not in Designing Women. She is a redhead. All right. She's okay. not the same redhead in Dumb and Dumber. No, no. No, that's Lauren Holly from Picket Fences. Another TV show around the same time <laughs> as Designing Women that I guess I watched a lot. I guess you did. And then did there's you... the show Sisters. Did you ever watch Sisters? No. What was Sisters? You're a little bit weird for watching this. this is... <laughs> I know. 